1: Available from veterinary clinics and all good pet shops across Ireland. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Very quickly after the EncroChat hack, and when you know, members of, of the, the police forces from all these countries I talk about. And you were privileged to be part of getting these yeah. this intelligence. It didn't go to everybody. It went to member countries who were kind of like, had good communication skills at one another. And one after the other, those countries stood up and came out and said, this was... A sort of a golden moment in the in the fight against organized crime yeah but this was it it was happening here and now they had this window into the underworld they had never before seen that these opportunities to break down these criminal networks that they would never had before i'm nicola talent and you're listening to crime world a podcast about criminals drugs and the sins of the underworld in ireland and across the globe the EncroChat phone hack, which has been the catalyst for the sensational arrest of Kinahan cartel Lieutenant Liam Byrne on Majorca this week, has netted hundreds of criminals, their cash, guns and drugs for police forces across Europe. But Ireland's stance on the multi-agency offensive, described as the greatest blow to organised crime in decades, has been more than curious. Despite a raft of convictions already made and hundreds more before the courts, Ireland has yet to charge a single person using encrochat intelligence it received from Dutch and French police, instead deciding to remain as an outlier. Today I'm talking with Niall Donald about the strange decisions made by Angarda Siakana during a crucial opportunity against criminals about the lack of accountability around orders to withhold information from specialist units, and about the future of a force whose police plan appears to be stuck in the past. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So you've told me off already. <laughs> what? I've told you off already. Yeah, I had my intro all ready to go and yeah. you said no. You you don't, go in,
0: don't go in swinging. I was
1: going looking for a head and a plate. Yeah, yeah, well. But like, anyway, you think I should be a little bit more circumspect. So I will, I will. So uh, in other words, I'll. I'll what we're going to talk about today is how Liam Byrne was caught and what charges he's facing are relating to the EncroChat phone hack. OK, yeah, I've been really steady on this. Very good. OK, so far, so good.
0: So far, so good.
1: So my point, my crib, whatever you'd call it, has always been that across the UK, Northern Ireland um, into the Netherlands, France uh, and various other countries that were involved in EncroChat, that there is a constant stream of people before the courts, many of whom plead guilty yeah. and are just simply jailed. There has been a huge amount of uh, seizures or there certainly was initially of seizures of cash, of guns, of drugs. There was warehouses found. There was, you know, drug laboratories found all the rest of this. And uh, everybody else seems to be literally wiping the board with the information that they've used in Anchor Chat except.
0: Well, when on, you finish it. Except Ireland. Yeah, So, Liam Byrne, obviously, as as he was arrested this week, um, the NCA, the National Crime Agency in the UK, put out that it related to EncroChat messages. For anybody who doesn't know, these are encrypted messages sent on on normal telephone or normal mobile telephones um, that were part of a major hack. So we know, therefore, that Liam Byrne, whose primary business was in the UK and Ireland, uh, was using this network. Um, now, these figures might be slightly wrong because they're being updated all the time. But in the UK alone, it was 2,631 people were arrested as a result of the Ancrochat uh, bust and 1,364 charged. Now, that's prob- that was the most recent figures I could find. It's probably even more now at mm. this stage. Now, there was loads of seizures there arguably was a load of seizures in Ireland. We just don't know if, if they were, those seizures came as a result of Anchor chat or intelligence. But we do know there's nobody um, arrested or charged, nobody facing charges as a result of the Anchor chat bust in Ireland. That's what we do know. I don't think there was a load of seizures either. Well, there may have been seizures and those seizures came as a result of intelligence shared as a result of the Anchor chat bust. They're not put down to that. There may be or there may not. We don't know. Mm. But we know for a fact that there's...
1: There isn't an increase in Ireland at the same time the other countries are enjoying the increase that they did from EncroChat?
0: Certainly if you look at the final product, which is Mm. people arrested and people charged. So if you look at in the UK, 1,364 charged, which is, you know, roughly 10 times, the UK is roughly 10 times the size of Ireland, maybe more. So that would lead you to believe there should be something like 120, 130 people uh, charged in Ireland as a result Mm. of EncroChat, if it was proportionate. But obviously we don't have any. So this is, uh, this is your uh, bugbear, is that the? the? Bugbear,
1: it really is, is because I looked at this initially in uh, 2020 when it happened, and I actually was, I did a kind of like a big, like a podcast that took me a long time to make, and I did a lot of digging around it, and I just couldn't work out why we didn't have any. I, could, I, I thought I was just literally missing something. Yeah. Until I was told basically that the reason we didn't have any anchor chat cases is because we were given the information, but that the um, Crime and Security Division didn't pass it on. Right. So What we'll do is I'll just go through what happened first, will we? Yes. Yeah, start Aboutly off because
0: it is sort of com- it
1: complex. is a bit complex, and I just have some notes about what has happened with encrypted phone networks in Europe. And the first of them to be taken down was a network called Phantom Secure, yeah. which 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 was set up by a guy called Danny Manupasa, um, the server based in Canada in two thousand and eight. Now he was a businessman with no convictions in crime. And he believed that, well, his website said he believed in people's privacy. And he had developed this, these phone systems where everything was taken off the phone. So they never used Apple, but say this was a BlackBerry. Yeah. uh, They stripped it of the uh, the the camera and anything that could trace it and literally brought it back to sort of from my understanding, my very, very limited technical understanding, they brought it back to a phone that was almost like the old school Nokia as you might give yeah. to a kid under the age of 12. Um, and then they they started out with that and they built up what was basically an app for the phone. You could communicate from one phone to the other and the, the server of Enetcom held that information They had little things on it that you could delete it from. You could make a phone call to the headquarters and they would delete everything on your phone. Um, It was highly secure. And the FBI basically started coming across these phones and during raids for crimes they were investigating. And they worked out that these were really strange. They sent them to their technical experts and they basically said, these are very peculiar, but they'd be very handy for people. Yeah. Involved in crime. Yeah, because... Like a walkie-talkie system. Yeah,
0: like, and, you know, the basics, which we we hear all the time in court cases, where this phone, you know, as we heard saying, the Regency, the the phone associated with one of the accused bounced off this tower, Mm -hmm. and then those texts could be recovered. None of that is obviously possible with an encrypted phone. That, you know, what goes... It's on a totally different network and there's just no record of it. So you can see the obvious benefits for.
1: And you can see when they start coming in there and that was in 2008, he set that up. Yeah. So by the time they started kind of getting word got out within criminal networks that these were really handy. I think by the time the FBI actually raided them, there was 20,000 of them Yeah. all over the world. Um. Now, when they did raid... This Phantom Secure thing, they discovered a number of things. Um, one was that they were already on to the next generation. Yeah. They were creating the next generation. And there was a an individual involved in working on that who went to work for the FBI. And that was the beginning of ANOM. Yeah. Which is a much later hack, which only happened in the last, I think in 2021 it happened. And it was where the FBI had actually owned the network and went out into the field yeah. and sold it into criminal groupings. The yeah. Americans always have to go a step further yeah. than everyone else, don't they?
0: Yeah, like you have got big, to do things yeah. bigger and better. Yeah, they didn't actually hack it, like they actually they didn't built actually, it they owned it. let it run.
1: Exactly. And, and, then, and sold it and yeah. f- physically sold it. So, I mean, you probably wouldn't be able to, I don't know, could you do that in this side I of the world? It. I Probably not with all the, but I mean, that was between themselves and the Australians, they did that. But we'll come back to that later. Um, interestingly, uh after Vinus, Vincent, after Ramos was arrested and uh, he was placed before the courts under that Rico legislation, uh, it was discovered there was a bank account discovered here in Ireland. Yeah, that he had five hundred thousand in. He had set it up through a company. He
0: yeah, had. It was kind of a. He was doing a, a, a Google on it for want of a better word. He had a kind of a, a what do you call it, a plate. He had an interior, he had a company set up here. Yeah. He'd never been here, I think. He'd never he,
1: been. I think he'd been on the phone and came across very respectable, nothing illegal as regards yeah. setting up the company. But he was using it. There was some explanation given that it was wherever we are in the banking time zone, we're yeah. in a really good place.
0: Yeah. For the, the... I think he had an address somewhere in the IFSC did it, that he'd never had an office, but it was PO one of these PO boxes, something yeah. something along those lines.
1: And actually, two members of the Criminal Assets Bureau went out to the States and met him in yeah. his prison cell with this section, whatever they call them, four A's, which was, are you happy to hand over yeah. these funds to the Irish state? And he just signed it. And I'd say it was the quickest and easiest <laughs> money the cab and yeah. the Irish exchequer ever earned. But anyway, uh, Ramos is where he is now. In the meantime, uh, there had been other companies set up because he might have been the first of these encrypted phone networks, but it very
0: quickly caught on and. Um, and they were charging something like the the users of it were charged something like between 1, 000, 1, a thousand and fifteen hundred a month was it for for use of the the chat network? I
1: yeah, think. and for I suppose that was for your um,
0: that was I the equivalent of your bill of basically, your bill basically.
1: exactly, yeah. you know. And then you had to pay quite a bit of money for the actual uh, the handset. handset in the yeah. first place. Yeah. So I suppose they did deals for people. I mean, yeah. like, you know, yeah. if you if you brought in, if you were a salesman on one of these encrypted phone networks and you brought yeah. in the Kinnahans. Yeah. You'd probably get do it. Do them a deal. Yeah. you, think you probably you get 40 or
0: 50 chat. handsets. And, you know, that will be 50 grand, yeah. you know, 50 to 70 grand a month that they would get for that, you know.
1: Exactly. So now, Anchor Chat, which is what we're talking about, um. EncroChat phone hack, it was a first for policing because it was the first time that they conducted what they call a live hack. And it started in tw- in 2020. And over a three-month period, the Dutch and the French police, they discovered the server of the EncroChat um, network, which was in France. Yeah, And the Dutch had worked out how to get... I think they had the worked that had to get into it. Decrypt it, basically. Yeah. So, um, I mean, this was an extraordinary thing. Nobody knew what was happening whatsoever. The Anchor chat phones had been widely distributed and sold among criminal networks in Belgium, in the Netherlands, in England, in Northern Ireland um, and, and in France. And basically, over a three-month period, they watched this sensational thing happening live, which was the criminal underworld talking to one another without using code, without bothering, because they were on these, what they believed were these bulletproof phones. And, um, you know, when they saw something like about to go off, like a torture or somebody was about to be kidnapped, they would move in and stop that happening. Any threat to life they reacted to wherever that happened. Uh, But they hoped that they weren't going to give themselves away.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they also even... Carried out drug busts, didn't they? Like, if these drugs are going to land, then the police would be there, and people would presume that they had some sort of human intelligence, exactly. rather than rather than hacked into. The I phones. think they
1: were. They chose what they went for, yeah, because they didn't want to alert anyone to the fact that they had this incredible window into the underworld. Yeah, so they did definitely cho- choose what they. What they um,
0: intervened in,
1: in, intervened in exactly, but the rest of it, what happened was, it was collected by the Dutch and the French, and I mean hundreds of thousands of messages. Mm. And what they did was, they would send it if it was English-related criminality, uh, they would send it straight to the NCA yeah. headquarters. They were divvying it up. They were working out if this was in Liverpool, if it was in Manchester, if it was in Birmingham they would send the intelligence onwards to those various regions who would then break it up further, some of them, like in Liverpool, and send it out to the local police stations, essentially, or the local detective teams, who would have been trying to police various criminals. They probably knew a lot of them were criminals, but this was actually telling them, right, they're moving drugs, they're meeting this person.
0: And the values, I think, is what they were really shocked with, the amount of money involved.
1: Exactly. And also um, a lot of white collar workers were caught up who were taking money in the ports, in the local authorities. Some police officers were caught in it and so they they were gathering all this but nonetheless they took the information and they did pass it on down to local police forces. Sometimes the local police forces moved in over the hack period sometimes they waited. Yeah. But all together then in the April of 2020 they moved in and it was at that point in the UK alone and this was the early days, so the, the figures I'm going to give yeah. were the ones that happened immediately. Yeah. They had seven hundred and forty six suspects were arrested.
0: Yeah. That was that was straight away. That was straight away. Yeah. The
1: same day the the network, the Anchor Chat network itself, the company itself realized it was being hacked. Yeah. And they sent out an SOS to yeah. all the phones telling all the individuals, all their customers, dump your phone. Yeah there's a hack ongoing
0: and they realized that of course because of a case in the north in the north of Ireland yeah. which was the first one to come to come true the leaky in- bucket that it is up there <laughs> involving because somebody was brought to court and that was part of the the evidence given against them in court and that brought it to an end that that person was actually from uh, from Connacht the Connacht area but he can't be named now because of a court order. And what happened was the, was the prosecution gave the evidence. The prosecution sort of went to court and obviously they had to say how can you prove this? You know, nice. they give a preliminary amount of evidence in court hearings and the encro chat was was mentioned then that there was going to be these uh, decrypted messages basically. Mm. And I think that was the first alert. It was certainly the first court case and yeah. and at that point then the anchor chat. The people running the network warned everybody. Yeah, and then
1: they must have been ready to move at the same time.
0: Yeah, I think they, they, they knew they it were, was coming to court at
1: some point. They must have known that it was coming to an end. The live hack, because I mean, the police forces in 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 France and Belgium and the Netherlands and the UK they had all systems ready to go. Like yeah. they had all the. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously going to
0: come, and I think in the case in the north there was uh, a potential. Uh, shooting involved probably yeah so there was planning going on or it's alleged that there was planning going on so they moved in they couldn't obviously sit back and allow something like that to occur you know
1: so the UK anyway 746 suspects on that day they moved in there was 54 million pounds seized in cash
0: yeah 54 million and actually the latest figure it's went up to 75 in cash and that's in the UK alone follow up sir yeah Yeah.
1: 77 firearms yeah That was on the the first day and two tons of drugs. Yeah. And several suspected corrupt police and law enforcement officers were identified under the operation code named Venetic. Yeah. The Dutch launched their own wave of drug raids and arrests uncovering 8,000 kilos of cocaine, 12,000 kilos of crystal meth, and they dismantled 19 synthetic drug labs. They found the torture chamber, which we referred to in the show, which was hidden in a shipping container. And um, they brought countless people. I don't have the figures of how many they brought to court. But it's been a huge amount now. um,
0: So what happened in Ireland?
1: So what happened in Ireland was absolutely nothing. (laughs) Well, So what happened in Ireland was the information came in in the same way. So instead of being disseminated and sent on down. Mm. through the ranks yeah. to the local officers who could have acted on it, who could have launched investigations who maybe needed to move in at times because we don't even know that. We don't even know did any of the information that involved, you know, immediate...
0: Yeah, but just say like, a, you know, a shipment of drugs arriving in, D- in Dublin Port mm. and they have been told the Gardaí received this intelligence. It goes to Crime and Security which is a separate division and they may have sent that Not saying this is discovered over a echo chat. Yeah. So they might have have contacted Dublin Central office and said, you know, there's, there's, we've intelligence that four million pounds worth of cocaine is due to land tonight. And they may have gone on and busted it. They may have. They may have, but we don't know.
1: There would also be a kind of like within crime fighting, I suppose, there is nowadays an attitude that picking up four million quid's worth of coke is absolutely pointless. yeah. You know, whereas in in the past they would have picked up the drugs and been happy to destroy it. It's yeah. just a drop in the ocean. Yeah. You're far better off to wait for people yeah. with hands on it to try and dismantle the gangs, you know, so, to know when to move in and all the rest of it.
0: But well, we don't know, but we, you know, you can presume some of that went as intelligence, right? And there may have even been, Guardi may have even intervened in, say, uh, if, if some if shooting was planned. They, could have, they may have yeah. got the intelligence and they may have... In- well,
1: you'd like to think they did. Well, you would like to You'd think. like to think that but they, you know they really got the. In- intervened in, in critical, in threats to life. Yeah. But, I'd like to think that.
0: And have the Guardi what have they ever said on this Like.
1: So basically they, um, they said nothing from the beginning. And then when I was asking them, when I was doing this podcast and um, they said that they didn't discuss operational things yeah. to do with Gardaí Um, And slowly, slowly, it sort of basically started to emerge. They they, they have been kind of pushing out a narrative yeah. uh, through a lot of largely unnamed sources. I yeah. think there was actually a piece shortly afterwards and shortly after I started asking some questions in the Irish Times in which an unnamed source, senior source, ranking source within Gardaí Cána said that there was no point in passing it on, that we used it as, inte- we sort of kept it as intelligence. There was no point in making any arrests because they weren't going to work anyway. Yeah. And they were going on the basis that this was going to be challenged and it wouldn't work through the courts. Um, which, very quickly I think, you know, okay, maybe you can accept that, maybe they have legal advice and they have far bigger brains than I have people um, in senior positions in the Garda corner and within the legal system that advised them. yeah, But when it sort of started to happen, like in the UK and in Northern Ireland, we're seeing more and more people just pleading guilty because they've actually been caught because yeah. the intelligence is so good because it's coming from themselves. Yeah. Essentially, they've been caught hands on with the weapons, hands on with the cash. Um, They've been caught moving, you know, moving uh, drugs. They've been caught in positions that they plead guilty because the evidence is so strong
0: against them. Exactly, and it's, you know, it's in their favour to offer a guilty plea at a relatively early date. They're going to get, you know, 20, 30, 40% off their sentence. So they've repeatedly, most of the people... Most of the Most of the
1: cases we see, they do
0: plead guilty. Yeah, most of the convictions have resulted...
1: And off. even if there was a court case regard, around the kind of the how the evidence was gathered, if you've pleaded guilty, you're gone anyway. Yeah. There's no point. No, you there's you there's no point. You're taking a court case no. then and saying, actually,
0: I'm no. only a bit guilty because... Yeah, yeah, I'm not guilty anymore now that yeah. I might get off of it. Mm-hmm. But there have been challenges, of course, because there is... Yeah. Like, there's obviously a privacy issue there. These privacy disputes are always complicated... But when they get to the court, I'm going to summarise it basically. Like the courts in Ireland and in the UK, which were very a very similar model. Yeah. A lot of what they're saying broadly is, of course, there's privacy issues. But if there's a threat to life or mm. something very very serious, those privacy issues can be overwritten by the need for urgency. Yeah. Now I don't know if that's sort of a, a summation of the challenges against the anchor Chat hack that have been brought by people suspected of the crimes in the were UK. There was illegally
1: ga- ga- gathered. gathered information, basically, but it's 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 failed. Yeah, um, it's failed in France. Yeah, the challenge. It's failed in the Netherlands, and it's now failed in England. Yeah. So the over caution of Ireland yeah. of the Garda Síochána to do nothing with the information and bring nobody to court has kind of proved to be. Possibly a bad decision. Yeah. Which I don't think the Garda Shikona, despite their, uh, you know, their 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 efforts to change. Yeah. I mean, Drew Harris was put in there to totally overturn
0: the... But the culture, like he was culture. brought in to change the culture.
1: But it is a culture when you can't admit that you've made a wrong, mis- wrong decision. It is a culture when you circle the wagons yeah because an individual has made or a, a team yeah. have made a decision which is catastrophically wrong yeah i mean very quickly after the EncroChat hack and when you know members of of the the police forces from all these countries I talk about, and you were privileged to be part of getting these yeah this intelligence. It didn't go to everybody. it went to member countries who were kind of like had good communication skills at one another um and like one after the other, those countries stood up and came out and said, this was a sort of a golden moment in the in the fight against organized crime. Yeah. That this was it. It was happening here and now. They had this window into the underworld. They had never before seen these opportunities to break down these criminal networks that they'd never had before.
0: Yeah, because you can see why the, 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 the great opportunity exists because, as you said, traditionally, definitely in this country, but all other countries as well, they've been able to catch guys red-handed Mm. in possession of big quantities of drugs but they've rarely been the top guys have they like they're the middle level the guys who receive the drugs and hand over the money and what the anchor chat allowed them to do was catch the next level up the Mm. guys who were directing the guys who were collecting the drugs yeah so they were able to who the guys who never would never be physically in the presence Mm. of four million pounds worth of coca landing in the port but they were able to you know, mm-hmm. prosecute people who are directing those guys, and they wouldn't really have had a chance of getting at them no. too easily. Otherwise,
1: or else, you know, huge amount of resources going into it. Yeah, you said there that you hoped, or you know what I mean. We don't know whether. The, this information was passed on in an interview this week the former assistant commissioner John O'Driscoll who was yeah. in charge of the Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau yeah. who handle or the central unit to handle all things drugs and yeah. organised crime said that he never received that information while he was in the position in the job Yeah. so the information didn't go to the Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau so therefore it didn't go Outside crime and
0: and you know security. John O'Driscoll obviously was you know really came to the fore I suppose as the after the Regency and in bringing the Kinnan cartel really to their knees. So you know that's the, that says something the fact that he is saying that because he was right on the front line. Yeah. Now
1: and he got he didn't receive a single piece of intelligence from the anchor chat
0: hack. And can we? Well, like we you know it's it we certainly know that people that were very high up in the Kinnan organisation were using Anchor Chat. We, like do. we know that because we because can It's also
1: Sorry, because it's also the other piece of narrative that was pushed yeah. out through probably the Garda's PR division. That firstly, that there was no point in, in getting involved in this because cases were going to be taken and everything yeah. would, would fall. Secondly, within that Irish Times interview as well, was the suggestion that the Irish criminals didn't use Anchor Chat anyway? So no. there was no point in us doing anything with it.
0: Yeah. But mm. we now know, at least we know Liam Byrne was using it for a start. Mm-hmm. We know it is alleged that Bomber Kavanaugh's son, who's also been picked up, was using it. We also know that Thomas Marr, who um, was a key logistical supplier for the Kinnehan's trucker, yeah. trucker uh, who was moving money and drugs. Um, we know he was using it and we know that he was using it uh, to collect money from Ireland because yes. that featured in his case when he was prosecuted in the UK. We know other people that were very closely linked to the Kinahans were using it because of cases that have come true. For example, uh, Liam Cornish, known as the Lamb, who was a Liverpool criminal and who lived in the Costa del Sol and was really regarded as probably uh, the Kinhans' man in Liverpool, um, like a very famous or infamous criminal over there. Like he was using it because that featured in his court case. Um, so we know all sorts of people associated with Irish criminals were using it. So
1: And I mean, it's come up in um, the case, we know that Graham the Whig Whelan had one. Yes. Who is based here in Ireland. Yeah. We also know that a number of criminals over the border, some of whom we can't mention. Some of
0: whom we can't mention. But some of
1: whom we can. And that they were using them and they have gone through. Some of them have been processed through the courts and are being processed through the courts. Um, These are cross-border gangs. These are gangs that are working on both sides of the border. So why there would be a black hole in Ireland's criminal underworld that nobody here had an anchor chat phone is beyond me
0: exactly and i mean we know people from the kinian network there's people connected with the mr big network yeah currently facing charges in 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 the north you know people on anchor chat on anchor chat phones mm-hmm. and the anchor chat uh, the details of their text messages on anchor chat have been detailed in court these people haven't been found guilty yet but these are you know uh, key associates of of mr big the dublin criminal so. And in the
1: UK Peter Fatso Mitchell also washed up in the ancro chat yeah. hack like he was once the king of the Costa he was the guy that was there that was the Irish bloke in charge around Porto Benoose before the Kinnahans sort of landed in and, and started muscling in on his territory he um, actually left the Costa del Sol and Porto Benoose in 2008 not long after his friend Paddy Doyle was shot dead yeah. Um at the time, the Kinahan organisation put out that Paddy Doyle was shot dead by the Russians. Yeah. But we know now that it was an in-house job and that Gary Hutch, his childhood friend, was not only involved, but returned to carry his coffin and to tell his parents that the Russians had yeah. done it. Um, I think that kind of double cross, that kind of um, turning in on their own is an MO of what that Kinahan organisation were and probably are like.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they whenever they did... Uh Ordered the execution, one of their own. They did tend to follow it up with a a rumor na- and a narrative, yeah. and did tend to, you know, for example, somebody like uh, Hachet Cavanaugh when he was killed in Spain. Mm-hmm. The Kinnons were floating around telling, you know, putting it out that it, that that they had nothing to do with it, and this foreign guy did it, and that foreign guy did it. But sure, we know now it was it was them. It was it was them. And then lured his son into
1: their... In, Daniel Kinahan. Yeah. the son into his gym. Yeah, he and
0: was a, a talented boxer, nothing to do with Cav- crime, Jamie Cavanaugh. Yeah. sorry for him. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, so, so, so Peter Mitchell actually was... became sort of a victim of that double cross by the Kinahan organisation. He actually survived because the shooter... He was sitting outside paparazzi bar, which is a bar he owned. And it was really a meeting place, actually, for criminals from all over to do their business. But the the gunman approached, shot and then sort of tripped, stumbled. And I think the gun jammed Mm. and Fatso Mitchell was able to dive for cover. Fatso Mitchell was previously a member of John Gilligan's gang. He was always known as the one who got away. He, um, I think, went first to Amsterdam and remained in the in um the company of john Traynor for a while after the
0: yeah they were living they,
1: together in, in a, were, sort of a house yeah. outside amsterdam
0: house Sharon? house Sharon? yeah <laughs> after and the
1: Gilligan gang sort of s- separated they they both managed to
0: yeah i think they were still heavily involved in the drug trade particularly yeah. in the uk but fatso Mitchell ultimately was convicted in uh, or he was caught in, in january twenty twenty-two transporting, I think it was 1.4 million pounds worth of cocaine, was it? Yeah.
1: Um, I mean he was he was found in Wales. Yeah. And he got 10 years for his role in this, they called it the Avengers Coke Gang. Um he was basically transporting it as in driving. He was actually yeah. driving it. He yeah. had really kind of fallen from the heights yeah. where he was. Um and he had he had basically stayed in touch, I think, with George Mitchell. Um was the supply coming through him, we don't know, but he was with this kind of crew down there in, in Wales and he was lifted because of Anchor Chat. Yeah. Now, there's no doubt that he was still supplying parts of Ireland as well and keeping his, Yeah. you know, he still would have had major contacts back here. Um. Again, maybe yeah. nobody he knew or liked would use an Anchor Chat phone in this country. Um, I'm just being facetious about that, but yeah, I mean, I do think um, it irks me
0: that a bad decision was made. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's so I suppose like decisions are made all the time. So just say the government make a decision on um, like they've had some controversial legal advice and they've made decisions about it. Some, you know, remember there was recently one to do, say, with the children's hospital or whatever, not to, mm. to get into it. So they make a decision on, on, on the advice of their lawyers. What happens then is they become accountable for yeah. that decision. Mm-hmm. They become accountable. They get questioned in the doll. They stand up and have to defend it. They get questioned in the media. They stand up and they have to defend it. It becomes part of a public discussion. People ring up Joe Duffy and give out about it or whatever. Mm. And sometimes things are learned and government policy can either change or else government can say, this is what we have to continue to do. Either way, the public are informed and they have an opinion um, because the government have to stand by what they've done. Um, I suppose the issue with ish- something like Anchor Chat and the guardie is at what point, you know, even if they've made the decision that they made with, with the, the best intentions, which is, I believe they probably did, how do they then become accountable? And do they have to stand up? and get asked questions about it? Do they uh, come to the doll and get questioned about it? Do they put themselves out for interviews to somebody from crime and security, go on Joe Duffy and defend the decision? The problem is that that doesn't happen. So None of the above happens. And In the actual reasons, fact,
1: they just, I think, have a pretty easy out all the time yeah. to hide behind that one sweeping statement that this is just part of you know, this is, for security reasons, we can't discuss this. Yeah. I mean, you're obviously not looking for the ins and outs of
0: no, you're not looking what, for- what
1: information there was within those messages, but why the decision was made not to act upon that live intelligence Yeah. Um, and not to move with the other countries to be the outrider, to yeah. be the only ones that sat and did nothing with the information, but stored it as intelligence. I do think that there is a point there that they could explain that. I think, you yeah, know, but I I think mean, they're they run on to, taxpayers' money. This yeah. is an organisation that
0: these are public servants. Yeah, I mean, you have to think that, that that is the way democracies work. Like, people make decisions sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong. and But then the way in which things get fixed or improved is through public discussion. Mm. I mean, it might not be a, it might be a messy process if you're a government minister and you have to stand up and defend Certain decisions you've made, and you know, but ultimately that is how things get changed. So the no discussion. Like I, do, I don't There's think the
1: culture within there has been a culture within crime and security, um, which is this secrecy. And we saw it during the Regency trial. Yeah. It became ridiculous yeah. when there were certain questions being asked which were absolutely bland. Yeah. Um, you know, absolutely bland. And each and every person that was from within that part of the organization was discussing tradecraft. And we can't say that. We can't tell you anything about that because it's tradecraft. I mean, there was a point during that trial. I'm sure I was getting all worked up about it. but It was like, you know, we know that you bug people. Yeah. We know that's how policing works. Like everybody knows that. Phones are listened to, and yeah. it's not a big secret. No, the criminals know it. Yeah, the public knows. No, I mean,
0: there's obviously a difference if you say, like, what type of bug? Do you, where do you buy your bugs? Of and you know, what sort of network do you use, or something? Obviously, nobody is suggesting that that sort of information could become. Or what do they look like? How small not are they? At all, nobody so, even wanted to know that. But. So, but the fact that they they exist, and so that's that's it's it it is it is an issue. And then, of course, the other issue is...
1: It's living in the dark ages, Niall. I mean, it's absolutely... I mean, modern policing Mm. is all about these technological advances. It's all about breaking these encrypted networks and using these encrypted messages to jail. Look at the Netherlands and and Taghi and all those cases. They're all based on evidence from the phones and the encrypted networks. And it is modern Policing. And it's 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 also
0: modern policing. Part of modern policing is to be accountable to the public in a different way than they previously were. Yeah. So if you look in the UK, I'm not saying the UK is perfect in every way, but they do expect to be grilled Mm. in a way that doesn't really happen to Irish police. Mm. And they expect to be accountable to the public, not just to. So, I mean, there is. Look, sometimes in, 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 this is a kind of a controversial thing in, in journalism, but there can be, there's a difference between somebody giving a briefing off the record and about, say, Anchor Chat. Yeah. And somebody standing up in a press conference and answering questions in detail because the person giving a briefing isn't accountable for something if they say something that's incorrect. Yeah. Sure not. No. And, the you know, whoever gets
1: the briefing is going to believe that they have this sort of exclusive. Yeah. Um, and they're going to run with it and run with it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat yeah. it. And that's what does happen. Yeah. And that's what has happened as regards Chatham. Uh,
0: and, and not just the police. It happens with politicians. It happens mm-hmm. in other areas where politicians will fly these kites, as they call. And they'll say, we're going to raise taxes by whatever two percent and they'll give it to a, a political journalist and then they don't have to be held accountable for it if all of a sudden it goes wrong and people are up in arms no minister has to say well i i do believe we should raise taxes by two percent yeah so they can they you know because it's anonymous it's it's not the same
1: a year after encro chat was the sky ecc hack which was the next one and it was the um The Swiss were involved in that along with the French again and the Dutch who are the world leaders in cracking these encrypted messaging services and uh, Sky ECC, a number of actually it was the Belgians, the Dutch and the French were the first stood together in Europol to say they'd listened live on these phones. A load of EncroChat customers immediately jumped to Sky ECC. So it was kind of a double whammy for them. Um, and they had listened live on that for three weeks and they had decrypted half a billion messages and... Um, And I remember speaking to our colleague in Belgium, Joris van der A at that stage, and he was talking about contacts of his within the police service just being overwhelmed by the amount of information they took off those phones that the, you know, the view they had into the underworld was something that was just absolutely startling. And the amount of cocaine coming in, the amount of corruption at the large ports of Antwerp, Rotterdam, etc. was shocking to them. Um, but the yeah the 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 Swedes actually not the Swiss the Swedish came out as well and they all stood together really kind yeah. of as this force together and I think it was one of the the Swedish um, police chiefs that said that this was basically like cracking the Nazi code basically right. yeah. and this was an extraordinary moment for European policing and on the wall at the behind the press conference there was a map of Europe and all the countries that had been involved in this second hack. And Ireland was just the north.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. There was no, we weren't involved, we weren't invited to the table because of the decision that was made in the previous EncroChat hack. And you see, that's what I mean, that there has to be some accountability for it. And you have to kind of surely come out and sort of, at least discuss it and not double down and keep pushing the false narrative. Yeah. Well, I mean, exactly. I mean... And pushing it out in quite a sneaky way by briefing people, you
0: know? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I, 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 do, I do agree with you. Um, like, I mean, there could be good decisions. And look, we know ourselves from journalism that if you get legal advice, mm. it's very tricky to go against it. But then you just blame the lawyers. <laughs> yeah, but you can come you... out and, and share that legal advice. And we saw that... Um, you know, with some of the, the, there was another situation with one of the hospitals in, in, you know, where the, the government repeatedly said, well, this is the advice we were given by the attorney general. And they shared that advice or they Mm. shared what advice they were given. But the guards haven't maybe done that. And maybe they could say we we couldn't act against our legal advice. We were told we we shouldn't.
1: Well, that would be almost perfectly acceptable. And then you'd, I mean, you'd hold the legal advice. Yeah. yeah. Would you not? And you'd say, well, why are we the outrider? Why is everybody else? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like. I just, I don't know. I just, I just find it um, incredible that it's, it's just, it's like elephant in the room. Yeah. We don't talk about Anchor Chat and it's going to get more and more in the public do- domain when Liam Byrne is brought back to Liverpool. Yeah. And whatever else is going on around himself and uh, Jack Kavanaugh's yeah. operation, because you can be damn sure there'll be others that will be caught
0: up in 100% and I mean... And the evidence of what was going on on those phones is going to be given. And, and how senior... Kinna and members were using it. I mean, we know that like uh, Thomas Marr, it wasn't just he was transporting, I think it was £1.6 million worth of cocaine. Mm. But simultaneously, they talked about £1 million of cash being collected from Ireland and mm. um, you know, that was
1: the only operation the Garda got involved in. Yeah. And that's because the NCA looked for their, the NCA being the National Crime Agency in the UK, looked for their assistance because they knew the money was... Yeah. It was in Mead, I think.
0: It was in Mead and yeah. a couple of people were caught
1: red-handed and went to prison. Yeah. And it was but, a very, really well... Yeah. ...carried out Garda operation, I think, involving the, the Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau. That, that yeah,
0: moment. so those guys were caught with that money and they were convicted... Um, the guys in the in Ireland, and that obviously, as a result, ultimately we know because of Thomas Maher's court case that the information came from EncroChat, I suppose, but that wasn't featured in the in the court case. Mm. So, I mean, we even if the intelligence is used to catch a number of people, it's not necessarily catching the people who are directing that operation, which Thomas Maher was doing in this case, yeah, because um, he wasn't caught red-handed with that stuff. So, there may well be people in court. That have gone through court over the last couple of years, caught with certain amounts of cocaine or cash or whatever. But we don't know, and we do. What we do know is the people who are directing those people are not before the courts.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, back to Liam Byrne and off the the Garda, yeah, um, hammering the guards <laughs> and not the obviously the beat ones, but certainly the people making the decisions is really what I'm challenging. Yeah. But, um. Back to Liam Byrne, and he is going to fight this extradition, as we know. Um, That'll be handled in Madrid, I think.
0: Yeah, I think it, it said that, yeah. yeah.
1: And that's why he was still, he was on video link, because he's still yeah. in Majorca. Um, So that will happen, and ultimately he will be brought back. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's any extradition request been refused through.
0: No, there hasn't. I mean, I suppose you might say they're, they're a slightly newer treaty, and, you know, because of it buy him a little bit of time maybe it may. um, but
1: not much and undoubtedly he's going to have to go back and 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 face either trial or plead on yeah. these these charges but um what his problem now is well, his multiple problems, but one of them is also that um he's gonna face another proceeds of crime case. Yeah. Like he's already lost quite an amount here in Ireland and took off to England to sort of build stuff up again. Now I am aware of quite a lot of investments he's made there, which I'll be writing about in the paper this week. Yeah. Um and I know that that they are going to be targeted by police um, trying to collect the proceeds of crime. But we also know that he has investments abroad. We know of some um, investments he has near enough to where he was caught in Mallorca. Um, and again, we'll detail them in the paper this weekend. But um, he will be subject
0: to that all over again. He's subject to that all over. And once, if he was to be convicted, it becomes a kind of a, a done deal, doesn't it, in the UK? Mm. I mean, it doesn't... You can't sort of fight it, I don't think, can you? No. No, No, you
1: have to, you have to, you're asked to hand up discovery of every asset you have. Yeah. And if you do that, they will go through it and come up with an amount or else they'll seize certain things. If you try and hide stuff, you get punished with more time in prison, which nobody wants. Yeah. And
0: um, it's not kind of a separate procedure like where, where if, if CAB try and see something here, it doesn't matter if you, well, maybe it does matter if you've been convicted, but they still, you still get the fighter from ground zero. Yeah. You know, in a civil court, in a different procedures, where I think once you get it over there, they just hit you with a bill, don't they? At, as you get convicted. Usually, yeah. So you've got, yeah. I think it was, I think that guy, uh, Liam Cornet, the lamb we were talking about, he just got told you have to hand over 300 grand at the as he was convicted as well. Yeah. And that's that.
1: Well, the problem for Liam Byrne is also that he has he has pissed a lot of people off yeah. around Liverpool. Yeah. And he has been bullying his way around the UK
0: yeah. and
1: particularly around Liverpool. A uh, number of businessmen who don't have any natural connection with organised crime that he has got involved with and about. And he has been trying to use sort of underworld threats within a world that's That sort of thing doesn't happen. Um, He's also been trying to debt collect frantically. Yeah. Back here in Ireland. Yeah. Um, I mean, it costs a lot of money to live in Dubai.
0: Big time. I mean, you don't get the dole over there, do you? No. Or rent allowance. No,
1: no, you don't get any of those things. No. And um, also, you know, given that he, there was a warrant in existence for his arrest. There's been a lot of talk about this, that the United Arab Emirates and, you know, this is clear that they there was a warrant in existence for him and they wouldn't hand him back. We don't know, did the UK request him from yeah. the, the Emirates? We do know that the Irish have told the Emiratis for, what, 14 months that they want Joe yeah. McGovern and there's no sign of him. Um, I get the impression pe- people are beginning to get antsy about the Kinnahans. There's a lot of kind of, oh, they're just going to get away with it. They're gone. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that's the case.
0: No, I don't. I don't think so. I think the the scale that they're operating on.
1: I think there just has to be patience, and it just feels like there's a lot of patience required.
0: Yeah. Them, but yeah, I mean, look, it's a, again, it's a mystery that they're not accountable. Mm. Um, but. There is a reality that people are being extradited from Dubai and that the Kinans are coming at a bad time because they do seem to want to clean up their reputation. And the Dubai police officials and the, the justice officials over there, they are doing a lot of these press conferences and meeting these people and trying to change the perception of Dubai as being a place where dodgy money can survive. I do think they're on a PR drive and that as much as anything, that could be a real drawback for, for for Daniel Kinnan and his dad and his brother.
1: And like, even though these people are like the Kinnahans are our number one priority to yeah. get them back here and they have been our, I mean, Dubai has become the world centre for organised crime and money laundering mm. and everything. And yeah. like, these guys are big and, and, you know, they've been named by the, the DEA, by the US Treasury. Uh, yet, they're still only uh, probably a drop in the ocean compared to all the other guys in no, there I mean, from Australia, no,
0: yeah, and Asia, and you know. Yeah, I was reading interesting things about an uh, Indian uh, Indian drug lord over there. Um, mm. So, and that's not even to mention all of the R- Russian, I know, oligarch types and Putin associates and all of that stuff that. Can you
1: imagine working in the office in Dubai <laughs> where requests came in for can we have this filler back yeah. and this filler back? I'd love that job now. I'd be, can you imagine? It'd be On good alright. right every two seconds? Yeah, won't believe us. Yeah, uh, it would be good, but I would say you're talking about stacked that high. Yeah, because
0: I mean, look, requests. there's all of that Russian those <laughs> yeah. those Russian assets. They're all floating in there, trying to hide away from the sanctions, aren't they? Like, yeah. you know, you see, it's uh, some of the. Really good websites, investigative journalist websites. I mean, these names are nothing to us, but you just see the funneling of money through there, you know? And in a way, it's their own doing because yeah. I think they opened the door
1: they did. to organised crime. And yeah. what happens then is it floods in and from everywhere, yeah. and the word gets around, and all of a sudden, you're dealing with like your bloody city is populated by. Yeah, these and guys. it's a
0: bad, it gives a bad rep for the real, which, you know, let's remember the, the real dodgy guys are probably legitimate company. you know what I mean? Yeah, like the yeah. legitimate money so that could be a drawback, yeah. you know? Um, it's, it's interesting though, isn't it, that there's no gangland shootings over there despite no. all of that, no. despite of all of those criminals. Yeah, Like, is there ever? No, not, this, no, absolutely. And I see there is sort of drug seizures happening over mm-hmm.
1: there. Well, there's drugs definitely, I mean, there's definitely drugs seem to be available everywhere, yeah. like yeah. pain and all that, yeah. but within those sort of, Hotel, there's no yeah. street dealing, obviously. No,
0: and it's not even the guys who get busted over there. They're never the foreign guys, they're yeah. the, the local guys. But there's no, it's incredible. It just shows you because I don't I think there was a stabbing, was there? That was meant to be a gangland really? hit over there. Yeah, there was some major criminal stabbed.
1: Drunken thing, though, rather than organised... well an organized.
0: I think it was one of these uh Eastern European guys, that he was meant to have been stabbed because they couldn't get a gun over to shoot right. him and right. got somebody to do it. But yeah, you wouldn't want to end up in a no, I mean, if anybody,
1: went, if anybody went off on one and started shooting out there, yeah. they'd very quickly round them up, I'd say, and so. bring them in. But um, yeah, they look, there have been moves being made and they, they sound so shallow when we feel we're waiting forever yeah. for them to hand back our boys. But yeah. um, there have been, I mean, they have a representative now based in The Hague from yeah. the Dubai police. That is a really big, significant gesture. Um, and isn't there an Irish Gardaí going to, member of the Guard's going to go out to Dubai or become the representative there for Dubai.
0: representative, definitely.
1: Yeah, mm. I mean, that's another massive big yeah. Um, change. Yeah. You know, um, they've also seemed to have brought in new tax laws and, you know, they did. But they're definitely, there's, there's they're moving to change it, undoubtedly.
0: They, they are, and it is, does seem to be happening and they have sent back some of the really big criminal figures from Europe, you know. Yeah. But it just seems so hit and miss, doesn't it? Some of them, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but well look, we'll leave it at that. I think I've got it out of my system. A little have bit. you? Well, a little For another bit. couple
0: of months anyway. Another couple
1: of hours. But I say, do you remember chat? I said we're never
0: talking about the Regency. But I yeah. say we're never talking about Anchorage. Channel no, no again? because I just wouldn't be capable of
1: never talking about <laughs> Anchorage. I'm going to talk about it until I, I find, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just would like them to sort of be respectful enough to maybe admit that they might have got it wrong.
0: Or defend themselves, I suppose. Or defend
1: themselves, yeah. 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 Um, But as an organization, I just think that would make such a huge difference if they had the capabilities and the abilities to not circle the wagons on individuals. Because it seems to be always that. No matter what an individual at a high level in that organization does, they are protected. Yeah. And that is something that was supposed to have been or was hopeful to have been left behind. And I just don't think that that change has been made at all. No. Under Drew Harris, you know? No. And I mean, in the end of the day, he was also the guy at the top of the tree when this decision was made. Yeah. So, you know, you can't always sort of point at the person who actually signed the document. No, no. I
0: mean, we don't know what happened, of course. He oversaw
1: it. And if he didn't oversee that and he didn't know that decision was been made, it's even more worrying. Yeah, yeah. So there you go now.
0: That's me. Public accountability.
1: I'm going to go and I'll go and drink now. (laughs) <laughs> I will uh I actually will I had no drink last weekend I mean it was disgraceful
0: beautiful sunny weekend it was and yeah yes it is a know, disgrace I need to <laughs> forget about the anchor chat
1: <laughs>
0: you' I,
1: I need to get my drinking back in
0: line Yes, you know? but uh what about yourself anyway well, you know me most, most boring of, man now yeah. even if the, the I, all the anchor chat hacks will prove what
1: are you um, gonna do now are you gonna go jogging and Go jogging, yeah. yeah. Do you still jog so elegantly? <laughs>
0: like a gazelle, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever got over the 5K? No, uh, but no, I don't. No, I. There, there are people are laughing at me because I do the exact same route all the time. People who know you would just totally people, get that. Yeah, yeah,
1: standard. yeah.
0: Uh, but, um, it's like the lunches? No, I don't. I don't. Uh, one, why, change winning, why change a winning? Why change winning formula? Well, maybe just sort of. Increase uh, I'm going. The... Yeah, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go for a jog and clean my house. Yeah. Get a nice early night. Okay. And <laughs> the
1: Chinese takeaway? <laughs> no, no. You got over that?
0: Yeah, I got over that. Yeah. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be. A
1: but no, pretty central you know. I mean, it was. It's about five years you did couch to five k, isn't it? Yeah, and i kept and going. You, you still kept going on the 5k <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but i but in those five years yeah what i haven't like gone i've, I've haven't haven't gone 6K. Missed, but i haven't missed a week either
1: yeah but have you not like kind of no i've got, stuck with a winning formula yeah Nicola. how long does it take you
0: well i don't this is this is another thing that people don't believe i don't time myself but you must
1: know it takes you about half an I hour. I don't time myself 10? because I could only like a lonely, why do I need to time myself? Well, you time yourself for everything else. Because there's I mean, people, if, even if a, it rabbit, hits five a rabbit, says one. you
0: have to be timing yourself because you have to try and think I'm going to do it 30 but seconds. you live
1: faster. by the clock. If it hits five past one, you go into a meltdown because you haven't <laughs> <your laughs> started for your
0: lunch. <laughs> no. No, I'm I'm happy with myself. I'm making
1: out that you're kind of relaxed about time. <laughs> like
0: no, um, no. What I have not missed the week because I don't think about it. I just do the same thing over and over again.
1: I'd say now, if you were got yourself a little personal trainer or something that could get you up even to
0: six k. Yeah, see, that's the way you do. You no ambition for that? No, I've no ambition because <laughs> I'm I'm happy. I, yeah, see, the other people there's boom and bust. Fitness people all over our office. People they come sure, in on yeah. January. I'm going to do this. I got a fitness trainer. I'm up at six o'clock now. Yeah, boom. Yeah. fitness boom yeah. bust by yeah. February. I know. I just I w- keep plodding along.
1: I plod as well. Now I keep yeah. doing. I do. I cycle and I. I told you, I've taken to take skipping. Yeah. Did you not take up skipping? I'll buy you a
0: rope. I don't like doing anything new, Nicola. I'm just going to continue to do <laughs> what I do now, probably till the day I die. <laughs> No. You'll try your skipping. You'll give it up. You'll be back no, on I the. No, you won't drink, give that up. You'll be, No,
1: no, I won't you'll give be up back skipping. On the drink. I like oh, skipping. I get this kind of like I
0: love that. It just gets all that for the moment. Energy. Then you'll be you be out in the. Yeah, exactly.
1: No, it's very good. I know. I know. It's me. Me and skipping is a marriage. We are. We. We really. It's that. It's that really high.
0: But skipping, skipping is
1: impressive. Yeah. No, it's very. I'm not
0: very coordinated, though. So. Weightlifting and everything. Anyway,
1: sure. We're just. Waffling on there, Murphy. Freaks. Right. Well, listen, I'll see you next week. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.